Well, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Hilton Head Allen Community Church. I'm glad you guys are here today. Um, thank you guys for joining us here in the house, back on the backstage patio, and online. We're glad that you guys are here. Um, Cynthia and I have, as she mentioned earlier, not just guests, but uh, this is part of our church family. And uh, I want to introduce you guys, if you haven't met them, to Nicole and Andreas Ridland. Why don't you give it up for them this morning? It's week three of our series, uh, Inside Out, and we've been discussing mental health, emotional health, mental illness, and we thought it would be great on week three to bring in the experts. (laughs) And so we're going to be talking today more about what the Bible has to say about mental health, but really today we're moving from kind of the philosophical or theological into the practical. And my prayer and my hope is today that wherever you are in terms of this issue or these issues, that today would be a day that you could get some handles uh, on things. And I'm really glad that they're here today. And so I'm going to have you guys introduce yourselves. Tell us, before we dive in, tell us a little bit about, uh, tell us a little bit about what uh, uh, you guys do, uh, you know, for a living and so that they know you're the experts, all right? They need okay, to know that you guys missing, are the experts. We're missing a microphone. We are missing a microphone, so why don't you uh, let, okay. yeah, <laughs> why don't you it? take I'll that one? There you go. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Andreas. I've been here before. And before I tell you a little bit about myself, I just want to echo uh, what Cynthia said earlier. We just, we just love you guys. We feel like family. And yep. we're so glad we get to hang out with Todd and Cynthia. We just love you guys. And we value you guys. And uh, that was the word that came to my mind when I was thinking today. That these, these are family. Yeah, it's family. So for sure. just want to let you guys know you guys have an awesome pastor. <laughs> you guys have a great pastor. Give it up for your pastor. We just want to honor you. We love you. Thank you. And we just, Thank you. yeah, I love your pastor. Thank so a little bit about me. My name's Andreas. I live in Wisconsin, originally from Norway. Um, I have a PhD in psychology, and my work currently focuses on behavioral health. So I help people um, change their behavior in order to change how they feel and think in the future. Often we think that we have to change the way we feel about stuff and the way we think about stuff, but I work on the behavior side. So I get to have people change their behavior and I get them to do things that they don't want to do and it's, it's a blast. I really have a great time with it. <laughs> Very good. Nicole. I, my name is Nicole. I am from Wisconsin. Brought him here. <laughs> um, and I, have, I am currently practicing as a psychiatric nurse practitioner. It's been a long journey for me. I've started out as a nurse a long, long time ago. Um, Got my master's degree in counseling and realized that I needed to do a little bit more. So I went back to school to be a psychiatric nurse practitioner. That's great. They were on vacation. You guys have three kids, and uh, they were on vacation a few years ago. And uh, Andreas specifically uh, commented and gave us a good rating on Facebook. And Cynthia said, he's the one. So uh, I called him. So anyway, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. So we ended up um, becoming really good friends. And then he joined us in, in my men's uh, prayer group on Wednesday during, really during the pandemic, uh, mainly, and joined us, n- not at, in real time, but uh, via Zoom. And so, uh, and he's gotten to know a lot of the people in our church. And we're just glad you guys are here to talk a little bit about this today. And again, today is practical, um, but Nicole and Andreas have come today um, with a way that we can walk through things that I think is going to be 
you guys will have some tools in the tool belt, I believe, after today. Um, in terms of uh, mental health and what I call self-care, because we take care of ourselves in so many other ways, but we often forget about the mind, and we often forget about our our mental and emotional health. And God has created us uh, as all of those things, and so we should be focused on on that. Uh, I just want to, we'll begin, we're just going to dive in and just talk right out of the gates about this this first pillar, which is mindfulness. Um, So, um, Nicole, I'm going to have you describe a little bit about what mindfulness is, because some of us, the first time I heard this word mindfulness, I kind of equated it with like maybe new age or something like that that's not biblical. So tell us a little bit about that and what mindfulness is. A good way to think about mindfulness from my perspective, it, it is sometimes a buzzword, right, today. Uh, but it's really, I think, the words purposeful intention and purposefully being present that can be done really in any area I think it's really important to think about prayer and think about being mm. mindful in prayer because I, I know that I can pray and my mind can be somewhere else. Mm. I can be saying yes. the words. I can be also at the same time thinking about what I have to do today, tomorrow, what I didn't do yesterday, all while I'm praying. Mm. So it's a matter of being really focused on what we're doing, mm-hmm. being focused on our, where is our attention? Mm-hmm. Is our, are, are we communing with God, right? And, that, and also mindfulness can be done when we're walking, mm-hmm. when we are cleaning. We're, we're just connecting, right? We're, we're being present when we're talking to others, um, I guess I just wanted to say, too, that um, it's just really connecting, right? Just connecting all of you, connecting yes. your body, your mind, your soul. And it, it is really important, that intention. The I'll just share one small fact. I'm kind of geeky about the brain. I love to talk <laughs> about it. There's not enough time to talk about it. But it's so cool because God gave us this incredible brain. And he also gave us a lot of responsibility to take care of it. He gave us this incredible body, and he also gave us a lot of responsibility to take care of it. The mindfulness is one thing to really focus on finding ways to put it into your life, um, because it can actually increase increase the density of the gray matter in your brain, which is the, the things that we want in our brain. It increases it in places that matter, like our cognition, our memory, our emotions, our ability to regulate our emotions, and it actually decreases the density of the gray matter in this part of the brain called the hippocampus, not, sorry, called the amygdala, which is often responsible for anxiety, sometimes mm-hmm. depression. And so to think that when we can be purposeful, when we can make our prayer more purposeful, more intentional, that we can actually be increasing the gray matter in the brain in the parts that matter and decreasing it in the parts that don't or that cause distress is really incredible. And God gave gave us that. When you shared that the other night, I was like, okay. 
So me sitting on my porch staring is a good thing. <laughs> because during COVID, I don't know if some of you know we were home and stuff, and I would <laughs> maybe was being overwhelmed, but I would go sit and I would just stare. And we have mm. a beautiful, you know, it's just beautiful here. We don't mm. have any excuse for not being mindful. Mm. I told uh, Nicole, we live in the most beautiful place, and every day God paints a different picture, right? Even throughout the day, right? As the sun moves. Yeah. And um, I was telling her, I never thought that that's what it was doing. So when I don't have that time, to just sit, I really don't feel well. And then as the, you know, the doctor explains like, oh, there's actually a reason for that because that part of your brain isn't growing. The good matter is not. And so the other one, which is my anxiety, fear, depression, all that starts to increase. So now it's like when mom's on the porch, y'all, the gray matter's growing, okay? So, <laughs> I'll keep just, that in mind, keep Cynthia. That in mind? I will keep okay. that in mind. I'll just help you with that. I loved that, and I'm glad that you talked about that. Um, how much, um, in terms of the building of that gray matter, that we can actually like be a part of our brain growing? And the other night at our dinner and conversation, I think, on Andreas, you described it as the mind is not a machine, it's a muscle. And that really had an impact on me to think of my brain as, as a muscle. Talk, talk a little bit more about that and, yeah, and the mind. So previously, we, we, we thought of the brain as a computer. There's circuits, and there's things that fire, and, all, and although those things are true, it is more accurate from a semi-philosophical perspective and from a scientific perspective to think of the brain as a muscle, that it needs to be exercised. And the mm -hmm. things that we want to grow and nourish and strengthen, we have to exercise those things, just like in the body. We tend to think that the mind and the brain is very separate from the body in some cases, but that's not really, it's part of our body, right? Yeah. And so going back to the whole mindfulness thing, that um, we as Americans, we're so busy, we're so stressed, we're always running, we're always doing things, and what happens is we often get stuck in the past, right? I wish I would have, I wish I could have, if I could only have five more minutes, if I could have done this differently. Or we tend to be forward thinkers, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen here and what's gonna happen there? I need to align this and I need to make sure that this doesn't happen, et cetera, et cetera. But what Nicole was saying is that we need to be present here and now. And just doing those small things really begin to exercise the muscles in our brain. And literally everything can become mindful. Doing the dishes, folding laundry, can become an activity of mindfulness. It's, it, they're writing books about this, you guys. All it is is just being present, mm -hmm. just stopping and being present. And what Cynthia said is so true. You guys, ha you guys have a great view out here. There's no reason why you can't just take five minutes and just go, boy, that is a beautiful palm tree. I mean, literally, every time we get off an airport, we go, palm trees. <laughs> Did get, they mention they're from Wisconsin? We, from Wisconsin. <laughs> so that's awesome. So can you guys tell I traded up, right? It's just absolutely <laughs> uh, awesome. It's awesome. Let's talk about peace, because the Bible has a lot to say about peace. And and I'm kind of sensing that mindfulness may be a tool um, that leads to peace. Um, how, do, how do you see those connected in terms of what the Bible has to say uh, about mindfulness or, or about peace? How's that connected to mindfulness and being present, being intentional in that moment? Sure. I, I think that Jesus, when he talks about, he, he, he says there's lessons to be learned from the birds in the field. Mm. He says, look, they're, they're not worried about tomorrow, mm. and they're not really worried about yesterday. They're just, they're here, and, yeah. and right now they're, they're benefiting from the provision of God. And he's basically telling us, be more like the birds. 
Take no care for tomorrow. Yesterday is gone. And, and I think the Bible says that you will bring into perfect peace whose mind is set on him, mm. right? And I think so many times, what I alluded to earlier, we get stuck in the past mm. or we're anxious about the future. Listen, both of those belong to God. Mm. My past is reconciled on the cross Amen. and my future is a part of his promise. But all I have to do is be concerned about today. All I have to do is be present for today. That's all really I have to do. Everything else belongs to God. And if I'm able to do that, if I'm able to just put myself in a place where I dwell on Him, mm. where I dwell on His promises, and I speak what He says into my life, the Bible promises that you will bring into perfect peace. And listen, the Bible says that you can, which one of you by worry can add anything to your life, right. right? And we worry and we worry, but being mindful and being present will just bring so much peace into your life. Because really, honestly, you can sit here and worry yourself to death about what's going to happen tomorrow and ain't going to change. <laughs> it's, it's just not going to change. So I know that's oversimplifying it. So well, why do it? Well, I'm a good worrier. I'm a professional worrier. I have a secondary <laughs> PhD in worry. But I will tell you, I have done it my whole life. I have almost 40 years of experience. Mm. It hasn't added a minute to my life. Mm. It hasn't given me anything. Mm. So in, in the words of a very educated man, stop it. Mm. <laughs> I'll just say as well this last thing about mindfulness that it's not easy. We talk about it like, oh, no big deal. But it's really not easy. So start small. Set a timer. Start mm. with one minute and work up even to five minutes per day. Some, a lot of research shows five minutes per day of mindfulness can make the big difference. Mm. And, but it's not easy because we're so distracted, right? Yeah. We're, we're distracted by, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm distracted by the fly noise that I hear, right? The ticking <laughs> clock. I'm distracted by so many things. So start small. Mm. Start with one minute, work up to two minutes, work up to three minutes, and, and just make some time for that, love though. Love that. I love that. Uh, Psalm 1611, it'll be on the screen. So just two verses to, to highlight what you guys are saying. It says, you make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there's fullness of, say it with me, joy. joy. Yeah. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And I think that, um, yeah, I loved what you said, just start, start with a timer, start with just a few minutes, because that's, it is a hard practice to get into. Uh, I, I know that well, because I'm not a professional worrier. I'm a professional person that's distracted, ADD, all over the place. And um, so mindfulness is very hard. But Proverbs 4 says this, 25 and 26, look straight ahead, look straight ahead, or let your eyes look directly forward, directly forward. And your gaze be straight before you ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. And I love that because it's not saying look to the third step or look to the fourth day or look to the years down the road. Let's be right here and right now. One of the things I, I want to say is, is I think this is why part of the reason why it's so important for those of us who are Christ followers to have time with God every day. Um, whether it's at the end of the day if you're a night person or whether it's first thing in the morning, um, when I miss that, uh, mindfulness is going to be very, very difficult. So love that. Thank you. Um, second, uh, second pillar that I want to talk about today is social connectedness. Social connectedness. 
we missed out on three straight months of social connectedness in just about a year and a half. Really, we still are in some ways. Um, I, I remember the first time after quarantine, we went to get lunch before we went to the beach as a family. It was the first time the restaurants were open. Walked into a restaurant to pick up lunch, and I couldn't talk to the guy at the counter. I couldn't decide what we wanted. I had the list from Cynthia, right? It was really easy. Just pull out my phone, notepad, and it's right there. But I had not talked to someone in that context for so long. It was really difficult. Talk to us about the importance of social connectedness and relationships. Okay. So um, I mentioned this on Friday to our roundtable. Yeah. But when God made man, or first he went through creation, he said, that's good. And he made the heavens and separated the firmament. He said, that's good. And then he made man, and he says, oh, that's really good. Mm. But then he said later, he's alone. That's not good. <laughs> I will make a helper for him, right? God created us to be in community. God created us to be in fellowship with one another. He created marriage so we have a partner to go through life with. He instituted the church, so we have a broader fellowship of people with like faith. Mm. The social connectedness is so important. And I'm not talking about your Facebook friends. I'm not. <laughs> because that's not social connectedness. And when they first came out with the social distancing idea, I really hated that term. Because what it really should have been is physical distance. We have to physically distance, but we have to be so much more intentional yeah. about being socially connected because that's what happened, Todd, yeah. right? Yeah, You're it at is. the restaurant. Without about it. You don't know how to react. Yeah. And what was awkward for me, really awkward for me, I'm a hugger, you guys. I hug everybody. <laughs> and, and some people were handshakers. Some people were fist bumpers. Some people were elbow tappers. And some people were shoe touchers, right? <laughs> and, and, and it was just awkward. But we always have to be in connection with mm. each other because God mm. intended for us to mm. be connected to each other. And when we step out of that, Todd, it gets mm. awkward really, really quick. So 30 seconds, there's this story about, um, about this, this guy. I'll, I'll leave out the, uh, this, the reason for the story. But they were sitting next to a fire and a log that was burning bright and that fire just fell out kind of at the edge. If you've had a fire pit, that happens once in a while. <laughs> And it was so quick before that log lost its fire. It lost its spark because it was separated from the other logs. But when that log was, was clamped together with some tool and put back in the fire, immediately poof, it comes right back up again. Because when we are severed socially, when we're severed from the community of faith, when we're severed from each other, we begin mm. to die. And the Bible, when it talks about our relationship, it says that Nicole and I, we are not to spend any time apart unless we've agreed to do so for a very specific purpose. But we need each other. Yeah, she needs me too, but I need her more than that. <laughs> but we are designed, Pastor Todd, mm. to be yes. in connection with yeah. each other. Yes. And it is vital for our mental health. Mm. Um, I read somewhere, it's been a long time ago, so I won't be able to cite this study, but in perfect isolation, so no stimulus whatsoever, no, no letters, you can't speak, you can't recite, you can't, you, you can't do anything, so your brain is, sits very dormant for about a week. You're gonna, one week, you're going to lose 30% of your vocabulary. 30%. That's amazing. One week. One week. 30% of your We're vocabulary. We're designed to be in community. Man, amazing, amazing. 
Talk to us about community and relationships. And I will just say this again, not my own words, because there's pretty amazing people out there, um, but it's the words of John Maxwell, that real life change happens in the context of relationships. And that's so that's important that's to remember, yeah. especially yeah. in the body of Christ, yeah. right, in, in the church community, that, that the real change mm -hmm. happens when we're together. Yes. And we can yeah. see that. We can see that from the... The, the change of the log happens, right? And that's not that's not humanity, but it, it's an, it's a great example that change happens mm -hmm. yes. when we're together. And to remember that, uh, and I think if, if you leave here with anything, to remember to just be intentional, mm -hmm. purposeful intention. Yes. That those social connections. They're not always easy. We mm. live in this time of society that it's easier to go on Facebook and say that, yeah. wow, I have 500 friends. I'm so cool. By the way, I have zero friends on Facebook. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, that is not the connection that God wants for us. right? He wants us to be intentional. He wants us to have that contact that it's, it's important. And, and when, if people aren't reaching out to you, okay, you reach out to ah, them, you right? You send the text, you make the phone call, you make the plans. It's hard work, but it's worthy, worthy work. Yes, definitely. With our children, with social media, um, Sydney was right in that age, um, coming up through all of that. And we talked about the different social media platforms and um, what they do and, and, and how evasive they can be. Or, or, and so um, with Snapchat, um, with our kids, we talked about the fact that this is, this is more of a personal connection. Because I don't know if you're familiar with Snapchat. It's a little bit more of the way kids text a little bit. And I'm not here pushing any platform or any kind of thing. But we are very invested in the life of our teens and what they're doing. And so we were talking about this the other day, and I said, you know, the thing with that is that, you know, that's a, that's a little more personal. So be very careful about who you actually add into Snapchat because that's more personal information. We had this whole conversation about those levels. And so I would say even with social media, because I got, I got news for you, it's not going away. Sorry. <laughs> um, we, you need to find ways to really understand what it can do. Because I will say for me, we've lived in so many different parts of the country and world, Facebook's become the way I know what's going on with some of the closest and dearest friends that I have, that there is no physical way I'm ever going to get to them, yeah. right? But if you have that opportunity to really seriously take social media, and I'm saying seriously, like really understand how to make it where you only follow those that yeah. you want to know um, and do that. I can't tell you how, even when we're isolated, uh, like we were a lot during COVID, I've had very meaningful conversations because I've been able to reconnect in that. So not pushing social media, but I know a lot of people like, how do you do it? What do you do with it? There are ways to create opportunity to connect, especially if you physically can't get to someone through that. But I would go and say the same thing with Nicole. And I talk to my kids about that all the time. There's nothing, nothing that takes a place of a face-to-face -face yes. conversation right. and right. intimately being in a yeah. group. And yeah. when we did groups during, you know, we had some groups that we did on Zoom and then yeah. we just all wanted to stare at each other. It was like the first time we got in a group after we got yeah. out of quarantine, everybody just kind of looked at each other like, <laughs> oh, look at your face. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can see you, right? There's still, you cannot yeah. replace yeah. the physical connection. And, you know, we're going to talk about groups yeah. next week um, yeah. here in the life of our church. And we say all the time, Matt says it, three or more is a group. That's right. Okay. That's right. So that yeah. meets all of the qualifications of, uh, yes. as we said, you know, distancing, physical distancing. I like, I like that. that better. Yeah. Um, but you can be with people. You can do that. And I know for someone that has struggled with anxiety and depression, when it flares, the first thing I want to do I don't want to be around people. Mm. That is the first thing that happens in my brain. So the idea of like going, I, I got to push forward and it's hard. There are days I don't want to deal with it. I just don't want to deal with it. That's just being honest. But I have to. In the power of in the name of Jesus, as we just mm. sang about, yeah. and pushing through and being focused and doing the hard work sometimes to be connected is so and so yeah. important. And I talked about this in May when I shared um, in the service, but I don't know what I would have done without my small group yeah. during COVID. Yeah. yeah. To be truthful, True. to be able yeah. to see them and yeah. connect with them yeah. and, and be able to connect beyond just what we were all experiencing, but yeah. just that connectedness physically, yeah. eye to eye of just seeing each other distanced on the patio, yeah. <laughs> but still yeah. being yeah. able to be with others. You know, this is easier for some than others. How many of you are extroverts? Raise your hand. All the extroverts are like... Look how quick. Yeah, they're raising their hand. Raise your hand, extroverts. Come on now. I don't have to prompt you. How many of you would call yourselves more introverts? Right? They're like, I'm an introvert. Yeah, and that is interesting, right? How many of you would say you're a little bit of both? That would be me, right? Yeah, okay. That's, yeah. So this is a little bit more difficult for an introvert. I'm just, as we wrap up this one particular one, social connectedness, uh, how, how would an introvert be a little more intentional? Just quickly, Andres. Good question. So let me just tell you what an extrovert is and what an introvert is and what they're not. Mm. It, it, people say, well, you just don't like people, so you're an introvert. No, it's all about where you recharge. Where do you get your energy from? Yeah. So I know introverts who are madly in love with people and they're the life of the party, but when they go home, they're exhausted. That's the definition of an introvert. Yes. After the party, you are just exhausted. You go to yourself to be alone, <laughs> and you recharge. The extrovert is, oh, my gosh, can we do that again? Like, can we do it? Like, right now. <laughs> Let's do it all over again. That's the extrovert because they're energized around people. It yeah. doesn't mean anything about liking people yes, or not liking right. people. That's it's right. just where do you get your energy? Are you yeah. energized by being alone with your book, or are you energized yeah. by being around people? And mm -hmm. as long as you know that... You just, an introvert, what an introvert has to do or should do is sit, still go be with people, but also take time to self. Respect time for self. Honor your commitment to yourself because you need to know also where you recharge, where you gain your energy. And a lot of, a lot of leaders, really great leaders, and some are sitting in, in these chairs are introverts. And so I don't want you to go yeah. think that after you've ministered to somebody and you are absolutely mm -hmm. exhausted, there's nothing wrong with you. You just need to have half an hour that's with right. your book, a little talk to Jesus, and then you can go do it again. <laughs> yeah, that's but good. that's what is important for the introvert, that they that's know good. that it's not that they don't like people. Mm. It's just that they need their alone time yes. to get their energies back and to get recentered and yes. reconnected. Yes. And we'll, we're going to be talking so much about relationships next week. Um, I want to move on to the, the third pillar. And these last three, pillars three, four, and five, uh, are I think are really connected. This third one is sleep. Sleep. Pillars for mental health. Sleep. This is a tough one. Andreas, why don't you go ahead and start? Since, or yeah, Nicole, you can start. Tell us how incredibly important sleep is for the brain and for our emotions. So 
before Nicole talks about sleep, because she's the expert. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. So why are we talking about five pillars? We're talking about five pillars because yeah. your mental health ah, is good. supported by five pillars. Mm -hmm. So imagine like a, like a bar stool or this table if it had five pillars, right? And they support our mm -hmm. life. And if one of those pillars falls off and, and, and for a while is neglected, okay, we have four and we can still manage. But once we start ignoring two or three, mm. everything else falls apart. Mm. That's why we're talking about these things. And we're going to go into these last three and you go, well, what does that have to do with my mental health? And when I hand it over to the expert here, you're really <laughs> going to see that sleep is such a critical part of our mental health. And you go, well, is that what I need to do to become more mentally well? Yes, you need <laughs> to sleep. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to hand it over to you, Sweetie. <laughs> I do just want to add this to those, those pillars. The under, underneath those pillars, though, right, is Jesus. Amen. Always, yes, right. always oh, Jesus. Thank you. Because mm -hmm. as that as the Bible story says, right? When we don't build our house upon the rock, right. yeah. the waves come and knock it down. Yeah. And I just experienced really like my feet in the ocean, standing on that sand, it seems so firm at first, right? <laughs> yeah. It seems so firm, it's hard, the water comes, but then the sand starts to come out from under your yeah. feet, right? Yeah. And that, that base yeah. of that sand gets less and less and less and then you have to move because yeah. the sand is gone <laughs> it's gone from under your feet yeah. and I just it it was just a moment where I could really physically um, relate to that concept yes. of building your your foundation on a rock or on sand so always always Jesus Jesus will show you it as you, I hope that you look a little bit further into these and, and get more tips and tools from next week and the up and coming small groups and things like that because Jesus will show you how to do these things. Talk to him, ask him. Yeah. He, he, will, he will show you how to, how to make it happen in your life. With sleep, sleep is when people, as a practitioner, when people come to see me, Sleep is the first thing we deal with because without sleep, nothing else goes well. And it, it does have direct impacts to your brain health. It really does. When, we're, when we are not sleeping well, or I should say when we are sleeping better, we have more neuroplasticity in our brain, which means it can function better. It can change better. We're, we're more tolerant. And I think that makes sense, right? So it, it's biological, when you're crabby, when you don't sleep, you can just say, hey, my brain's not very plastic today. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, right? Um, but it, it's, it makes sense. And that, that's why it's so incredible when, when God's word lines up mm. with, with biology. And on that note, um, Proverbs 3.24, this is, I remember reading this years ago. You, you can go to bed without fear. You can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. I think it's so interesting that in the 23rd Psalm, he says, I make you to lie down in green pastures. Because we struggle, don't we? Don't we? We struggle to rest. Yeah. I do. 
we've struggled to rest, and over the last 18 months, we've had plenty to be fearful about when we lie down. How do we, yeah, go ahead, Cynthia, you ask a question. No, I was going to say, like, even with my children, um, just kind of putting this into practice, like, one of the most peaceful things for me in the summer is letting them sleep in. You know, and sometimes kids, you know, parents will be like, oh, and I'm like, let them sleep. Mm. You know, we talked about that when they were babies, right? We would say, babies, don't, you know, don't wake a sleeping baby. I'm like, don't wake a sleeping person at all. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a, an infant. And like, even as my kids were sleeping, this was our last week, you know, before going to school, I just was like walking through the house, praying over them as they were just sleeping late because mm. they're killing it. They're working hard. They're doing mm. a lot of stuff. They need rest. Mm. And we as a family, we are not good. If we do not rest, we used to have a rule when we were growing up. I'll, I'll share it. When they were young, nobody got disciplined after 8 p.m. at night, including mom and dad. Yeah, so even like, me. Including, yeah, it was like, you know what? We're tired. We are not at our best. We do not need to be trying to deal with stuff. So yeah. we don't make decisions after 8 yep. o'clock. We're yep. not going to get mad at somebody for not reaching that level after 8 o'clock. And uh, I need to be reminded of that as we go into the school year, <laughs> 8 o'clock. Maybe we need to back it up to 7, though. Yeah. So I'm getting older. <laughs> How do we practice this? How do we practice, you know, uh, uh, resting and, and, and better sleep, Andreas? Um, our culture, um, sorry, I'm trashing our culture. I, I, <laughs> um, I love America. <laughs> I love my country, okay? But, but we, we have created such a rush, rush culture. We're always yeah. coming from somewhere yes. or we're going to somewhere. Yeah. We're never here, yeah. right? Mm. So when it comes to sleep, we, we take pills to, get aw- to stay awake. Mm-hmm. We drink coffee to stay awake. Mm-hmm. We rush, 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 rush to our bed and then go, okay, stop, sleep now. Yeah. Well, wait a minute, I thought you've been telling me all day to stay awake. Our brain doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. Our brain doesn't like, okay, be awake, be awake, be awake, and then stop and sleep, sleep, sleep. Yeah. Some of us sleep really well. God bless you. Please come up and lay hands on me afterwards. <laughs> I would appreciate that. But what we need to do is have these transitionary periods. And our, our phones, our screens emit this thing called blue light mm. and it affects our brain. It's hard for us to go to sleep. Have, have a bed, develop a bed routine. And if you're having trouble sleeping, um, this, is just, just, this is just Andrea speaking, I would work more on the time you get up than the time you go to sleep. That's good. Because That's really if good. you start getting up on a regular basis, I, I don't know your work schedule, I don't know what you do, but for me, it's 5 a.m. And, and it's crawl out of bed around 5.30, 5.40. But I try to get out of bed at 5 a.m. And what has happened is your brain has this thing called a circadian rhythm that, that dictates when you sleep. And so if you get up at a certain time every morning, whenever that is for you, you will begin to become tired at the same time in the evening. Mm. This takes some yeah. time. So people say, well, I just need to get to sleep earlier. I need to get to sleep earlier. I need to, I need to, and then you never do it. But why don't you try just for a week or two, trying to get up at the same time every morning, and naturally you're gonna get more tired in the same time in the evening. But also, your last hour, turn off the technology, Mm. talk to your spouse, read your book, just start coming down, tell your brain it's time for sleep now. Mm. And and begin to communicate with yourself that we're entering sleep time. Mm. And that's, I tell people to make their bed because when you get up in the morning, make your bed because what you're saying, now is awake time. That's good. Goodbye. And you settle that. And in the evening, you can pull all the pillows and pull all the shams off and all that because now we're entering sleep time. Your brain needs this little transitionary period and we would do good 
to add that into our plan. Rhythm. I needed to hear that about the technology too. Um, so thank you for, for talking about sleep. And so mindfulness, we have social connectedness, we have sleep. And the last two I'm going to um, talk about together for time's sake, but they really do go together. And everyone might leave right now. Uh, diet and exercise. All right. And if you're leaving, I'll follow you. Because I like to eat and I don't like to work out. So talk to us about how incredibly important it is for our emotional health. Obviously, it's important for our physical health, health but it's also important for our, our mental health and emotional health. Talk to us a little bit about that, Nicole. I will say these two things and then I'll let my husband finish it up. Um, <laughs> so diet. We eat a lot of foods that cause inflammation in our body. If it's causing inflammation in our joints, it's most likely causing some inflammation in our brain. There's a wow. lot of research that links inflammation to depression, actually. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't have a great diet. I'm not, I'm not, um, please don't be guilty. Please don't leave here thinking you have to change everything all at once. I'm just, it's important to make some better decisions. There's ways that we can make better decisions. And truly, what we eat does impact our body, does impact our brain, absolutely. And I, if you Google, do a Google search, what the Bible has to say about food, there's not a ton, but Jesus talks about food quite often, right? I mean, there's a reason, even in the Old Testament, that he, he had some of the rules set in place, right? And we don't have to live under those rules anymore. We're not obligated to. But there, Jesus does care about our bodies. Yes. And um, exercise, I will just say this. One thing that exercise does, we have this hormone in our body called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor. You know, it's a lot of big words, right? But this is a precursor to nearly all of our neurotransmitters in our brain. And when we exercise, we increase BDNF, every one of us. So that means that we're giving ourselves a boost. Even mm. if you don't feel that boost physically, if you don't feel that rush of adrenaline that some people do after exercising, you, yeah, Andreas, Andreas, <laughs> Andreas says I don't. <laughs> but, but he knows that when he moves his body, he feels better yeah. overall. Yeah. How many yes. of you would say about exercise, I don't like it, but I feel better after I do it, right? Man, right. that's what you're talking about. Right, and not everybody does, yeah. but know that you are doing things internally that are mm. going to boost your mood over yeah. time. That's good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so here's what I have to say about diet and exercise. If you get close to me and look at me later, you'll see that, no, I don't really. I like food, too, and I'm not really good at the exercise thing. And if you're in my boat, I, I, guilt and shame has no place in your life. It does not. So here's what I would say. Well, what if you just went for a five-minute walk or a ten-minute walk? And you go, well, does that actually do anything? Well, it beats the heck out of zero, right? Whatever you do beats not doing something. So you might say, well, today I'm just going to pick this salad, or you know what, I'm going to try the whole 30, or I'm just going to you know, talk to my doctor, find out what I can do, and you'll start feeling better. Mm. And better is better than not feeling wow. better. That's good. So wherever you are, mm. that's okay where you are, because then we know where we have to go from there, mm. right? So if you need to do something, try it. Just try it. 
And you might say, well, it's only a 3% increase or a 5% increase. I've said that before. It beats the heck out of zero mm. any day of the week. Yeah. And so Nicole is so right. And I don't know why I don't remember this because she's like, oh, let's go to the gym. And let's, let's do this. And when she comes off the treadmill, it's disgusting. She says, oh, I feel great. I feel so invigorated. When I get off the treadmill, I feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> okay? And, but, but then the next, the next day, I'm walking into the office, and I'm like, I just feel yeah. a little more yeah. springy, just yeah. a little bit lighter. And I like that. So let's keep doing that so I can feel a little bit more springy and a little bit lighter. We don't have to be marathon runners. Mm. We don't need to have six packs. We mm. don't need to be dietitians or professionals about macro this and micro that. We don't have to do that. We just have to try and make some better choices. And Nicole is so right. Yeah. Inflammation in the brain and in the body, it mm. is so attacking. It is mm. so damaging. Yes. So all these pillars help support us yes. being everything that God wants mm. and has designed Amen. us to be. And that's Amen. what this is all about, guys. Mm. It's not just about rocking it here on earth. It's about preparing ourselves mm -hmm. for eternity. Yes. And these are some practical tools that mm. we can help get our hearts and minds ready for him. Mm. It's so good. And as a parent, I, want, I just keep wanting to add the parental perspective because of what season of life I'm in. It is very expensive to eat correctly. It is. Yep. I'm sorry. It, it doesn't cost a lot to eat junk. Yep. And I have an athlete. I have two athletes. I've got a dancer yep. and a soccer player. And when I look at how much we spend on food, sometimes I'm like, but you know what? I'm trying to teach yep. them by us, Todd and I trying, we're not yes. perfect either, mm -hmm. to eat right, to choose things. If I don't walk or exercise, I can't function. Mm -hmm. My walking and exercising or elliptical, whatever I do, the five minute, 10 minute, is I, my brain doesn't function if I don't. My, if I don't get my endorphins, I spiral. That's yes. kind of what I say about myself. Yes. Um, and so even with the food and the diet thing too, we talk a lot about food with our family. Um, and I'm just going to say this to parents out there. If your child chooses to eat correctly and it costs more, just get over it and do it. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, we had a, a conversation last night and there was something with my kids. I'm, they're very sensitive to, to things cost money and I'm very appreciative yeah. of that. But guys, what we put in our bodies, mm. I mean, this, this is important, yes. you know, and it does cost a yeah. lot. I mm. mean, I know it. It's, it's a legitimate thing that it does cost. Choose other ways to cheat financially in your budget mm. to don't don't cheat on your food mm. and, and doing the right thing and teaching your kids how to do it. I mean, Sydney's been a huge model for us because she's been a dancer her whole life. She's taught me because she cannot physically do what she does if she does not fuel correctly, right? And so I laugh because we're better because of how our kids yes. actually have learned this better, yeah. wouldn't you say, Tom? Absolutely. As we, you know, our society's Thank being you. more um, aware <laughs> of that. But I would say that it's hard. It's very difficult to, yeah, to, to make is. those sacrifices with diet and exercise. But the food thing as well, I, I can't tell you, I know for sure, Nicole, when I'm not mm. eating right, I don't feel well. And it goes back to the inflammation mm. and some of those things that you talked about. There's a great verse that talks about this. First Corinthians 6, 19 this. and 20. And I love this. It, it, it talks about us um, being the temple of the Holy Spirit, not for perfection. Check this out. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, the temple of the Holy Spirit within you? You realize that you house the Spirit of God. We are the temple of God's Holy Spirit. And he's within us, whom you have from God. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. You see, and when we do these things, when we focus on mindfulness, and when we focus 
um, on, on diet and social connectedness and exercise and sleep. When we do that, not only does it benefit us, but it glorifies God, y'all. It glorifies Him. It's one way that we can, we can do that. My guess is, is that there are some of you in here and some of you that are online watching, some who may be on the backstage patio, and you might have identified one or more of these that you struggle with. And I just want to, as we end today, I want to pray over you. If you want to talk to someone afterwards, after we're done praying, and I'll just give one or two announcements. I want to um, direct you down to the cross where our Stephen ministers will be and one of our pastors. And I want to encourage you to go have them pray over you if you're struggling in one of these areas or with mental health. Andreas and Nicole will be down here up front to my right, your left. You can come and talk to them. But I want to pray a prayer over you right now. And it'll be a short prayer. And then we'll do announcements. And then you can leave or you can come up and talk to them. And I want to encourage you to have some discussion about this. But let me pray this prayer over you. Father, in the strong name of Jesus, as we sung earlier, I pray, Jesus, over those who are in this place, who may be watching, who may be back on the backstage patio, who have struggled in terms of their mental health, in terms of their self-care. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray that you would help us to realize that the goal is not perfection, but the goal is to be honoring to you. And by the fact that we're honoring to you, then, God, we can experience better mental and emotional and physical and spiritual health. Help us to realize that every day is new. And Father, if we failed yesterday, help us to restart today. If we failed the previous hour, help us to restart the next. Thank you, God, that your mercies are new every single day. And I pray, Jesus, over everybody in this room and everybody listening, and I pray this all in the strong and the mighty and the powerful name of all names, the name of Jesus and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Why don't we give it up for Andreas and Nicole. Thank you guys so much for being a part.